Well, Nathan, before we get to our guests, uh, you know, I, I just I want to uh, I want to point something out. It's not looking good for the uh, Giannis crowd out there. Um, since I made my Giannis comment, he had uh, he had uh, nine points. He had 22 points. He had seven points. And then he hasn't played for the four games since. So um, really, really tough look for the for the Giannis crowd right now. It's almost uh, like two, that's two games. That's two games in a that's two games in a week that he had single digits. And I just would like to add that it's been um sixteen years since LeBron has scored in in single digits. So you're comparing him to LeBron. That's why he's overrated? No, 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 no. That's not why. That's just a reference. That's just a frame of reference. Because if I'm not mistaken, Giannis has more titles and earlier age than LeBron does, no? Giannis won it last year. What was what was? Yeah, I'm probably sure. Giannis is 20, 27 last year. Two years ago, twenty six. Well, Giannis had a much better team. A much better team than the Heatles. No, than LeBron when he was his age. A much better team than, than what LeBron played. No, 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 no. no. You, a much okay, better team. Well, Not even close, Nathan. But Giannis still won. Team. So who was the better – so who had a better team? LeBron when he won his championship? No, I'm saying you said Giannis – no. You said Giannis had a championship younger than LeBron. And I said, yeah. I said Giannis also had a much better team than LeBron had when LeBron was Giannis' age. But I'm, but I'm also telling you that it took – for LeBron to have one of the best assembled teams of all time in order to that win wasn't one of that was it not one of the best assembled teams of all time. That was the maybe the sixth best, maybe Hold the sixth or seventh one, best assembled team. One, don't make me talk bad about LeBron. You're making me talk bad about LeBron, and I don't want to talk bad about LeBron because I love LeBron. So don't do this. So don't do this. Don't make me play the other side of the devil's advocate because you're doing it right now. You don't have to take that side. You could just side with me. No, because I'm not going to let you sit here and. Start you ignorance. Listen, I mean, I nice shirt, coach. Listen, I mean, yeah, yeah. Giannis has no wiggle. He's all downhill. You don't have to yep, worry right. about any of the things you have to worry about with other players with Giannis. You just don't even have to worry about it. He's just oh downhill now. Now the film is out. They know all you have to do is just throw some bodies on him. He's out for four or five games. Yeah, is that right? That's exactly right. Wow. I mean, I your degree of arguments are just so terrible. I, I hate that you're doing this in front of your coach, but I hate that you're doing this. <laughs> now he's going to look at you completely different, but I'm sure he already understands. Coach, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I mean, I'm okay. I was great before I came on this podcast and had to talk to Asa. <laughs> uh, you can uh, surely you're not as irritable and easy to get going as he is. <laughs> he's so easy. You push one button, he's gone. Oh, I've I've had him I've had him going a few times before for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's great, Coach. How you doing tonight? Good, man. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. I knew I knew you did these in the office, so I figured I'd stay home. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure what route you were going to take. I didn't I didn't know if you were going to come down here or go, or go home or what. Uh, I, I normally go down there, but I figured uh, I figured that wall that's right behind you would be all that would be separating us. So I figured it'd be a little weird, so I'd stay at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, you've done what? Uh, what other podcasts have you done? You did one. You did one. Uh, what? A few months ago. Yeah, I did that Jamadi podcast last. Uh, he acted like he had a bunch of people in front of me, like that he'd already recorded. But uh, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff that was going on, like in the preseason. So I don't know how much it's going to make 
sense when it when it comes out. Um, at least that's where my thoughts were on some of the answers and some of the things that we talked about. Uh, Tree Burks at Bellevue used to have a podcast. I did that uh, so at one point in time. I've done um, I've done a few things. We use Gary Justice that does our broadcast used to do a he hosted like a U Pike basketball podcast where we talk every week. Uh, it wasn't, it, it was, it was fine. Uh, it was good. We just kind of wrapped up the week before and, uh, we had some past players and that kind of stuff on for, for a little while. So we've done some of that and, uh, I've been on a few, I've been on a few. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and get this thing rolling. Then on that note, uh, we got coach Ty Compton joining the show with us today, head coach at university of Pikeville. Uh, coach, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, give us, coach, give us an update on the season. What, what's your thoughts so far? How's everything been going? I want to hear from you. Well, I, I listen to these. I watch these, and I know that you usually give the update on on how we're doing. So, uh, but, but we're doing okay. We're, uh, I think we're eleven and eight. It all kind of runs together at this point in the time. But I think we're eleven and eight. We won six of our last eight games. Uh, we're playing much better now than we were early. Uh, we had some some adversity like most teams do early in the year and had 15 new guys to start the year so um, it was tough it was it was a little tougher maybe than I even imagined to get everyone together and get everybody moving in the right direction but I think we're headed that way now I think we really enjoy what we've got I think we enjoy each other and uh, you know our, our results have, have kind of shown that growth that we've made over the last couple of months so um, had a big win over our biggest rival, Georgetown College, last week. That's a top 15 win in the country, and uh, or a win over a top 15 team in the country. And uh, you know, anytime you know around here, especially anytime we can beat them and and uh, you know knock them down a notch or two, that's a good that's a good week for us. So obviously, you said that one. Congratulations, it is a huge win. Um, but two, so you guys are one six out of the last eight. Is there a certain moment? Um, that you can look back to this season so far that whether it was during practice or a change in philosophy or whatever that might be that kind of struck or kind of made that take off. You know, I don't know. I don't know that we can, we can uh, say it was one single moment, but uh, I do think we, you know, we kind of pound a stone over and over and over to the point, just the same message, uh, trying to get the guys to understand. I think our biggest, hurdle was kind of getting everybody just to let their guard down a little bit and do what they do well and play together and care about one another. I know that's that's kind of generic and that's important for every team to have. But, uh, you know, we signed eight transfers, seven freshmen in this this last class and, and had all those new faces here. And um, everybody just kind of had to find their role, had to find their lane. And, uh, you know, it's not always the lane they want it to be. Um, some have over-exceeded expectations a little bit and have a bigger lane maybe than what we thought or they thought when they came in as well. So just getting everybody comfortable with understanding that whatever lane that they fell in, whatever lane that they found that they can contribute most to our team, it, that that's okay. Like that, we all need that. We want that to be, uh, we want them to be as good as they can be in whatever role that is. And uh, if it's working, it's working. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to, to put your own agenda aside a little bit. And, um, you know, I don't think we had I don't think we had a, a, an entire locker room full of selfish guys. I just think we had guys that um, kind of had a vision of what they wanted it to look like in their own head. And I think in most of their heads, it looked like in their vision that they were going to be the man. And uh, you know, unfortunately, everybody can't. And and I think once they saw that their teammates are capable, once they saw that our staff really cares, once they saw that um, 
you know, some of the things that we've been preaching from day one uh, were kind of coming to fruition uh, throughout the, the early part of the year, middle part of the year there. Um, you know, I think they started to let their guard down and trust us a little bit more, trust each other a little bit more. And, uh, you know, all we needed to see was just a couple, a couple of good results. You know, we had two really good weeks back to back heading into the semester break and uh, sent everybody home feeling really good and, and uh, came back with the right mindset and the right mentality. And, and it's kind of, kind of been a different experience for us ever since we got back. It's been, you know, the tell of two seasons for sure. Yeah. I mean, just the importance of vulnerability. I mean, that's sure. what it sounds like you're harping on. And and then just, I mean, yeah, pounding the stone. I mean, for any culture building, I mean, just the message has to be the message and the standard has to be the standard. It sounds like that's starting to pay off for you guys. Yeah. And we've, we've been, uh, you know, we started off trying to be really intentional with, with building a culture. We, I looked at this year uh, as an opportunity to kind of reset uh, from the first couple of years as my third year as the head coach. And uh, with a brand new roster, basically, uh, it was kind of an opportunity for us to look back at the previous two years and say, you know, hey, what is what has really worked well? What has not worked so well? Uh, if we want to try to readjust some things and really make some some uh, changes, you know, this is a pretty good time to do it because we're, we've got a blank slate basically. So we were, we tried to be intentional early on and, you know, we, we came up with the raw, raw stuff and we came up with the slogans and we came up with all that kind of stuff. And I, the, ac- the I, acronyms, I, the acronyms. For sure. And, and I think, I think all that's good. And I think it, it's been helpful. Um, we did it kind of, kind of at the beginning of the year while the season was going on. And I don't know if that was the best timing for us to do it, but it, more than anything, it was good for us to, um, it, it helped or, us organize our thoughts. It helped me organize my thoughts about, you know, what exactly I wanted our culture to be on paper, what I wanted it to be about, what we wanted to try to strive for. Um, and, you know, I, I think more than anything, it helped me, uh, just kind of self-evaluate a little bit, you know, and if this is, if, if this is what we're committing to doing, if this is what we're going to really try to build and the way that we want to build it, you know, what, what are my actions and what are my responsibilities in that and, and our actions as a staff? And do we really mirror that uh, the way that we need to, if that's really going to be what we're going to be about and, you know, where do we fall the, the shortest in, in that journey? So um, we made some strides there. Uh, but again, this is with such a, a, largely new roster uh there's been a lot of trial and error this year just just as there was in my first couple of years as a head coach just because uh you know again we're i'm still learning a ton as a head coach still learning what works for me and what i coach best and what i I don't coach best and uh again we we have a two brand new gas we have 15 new players um so i mean we're all learning all over again and that's you know that's the there's beauty and there's ugliness in turnover and uh you know we've experienced a little bit of both of that yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I'd ha- I had something I was about to say and it kind of just got, went, went right away from me, but Asa, I, I apologize. The, uh, the beautiness and turnover. That was, that, that was really good. That was spot on. Yeah. That was spot on. Um, yeah, and it, and it's, it's tough at times. I mean, there's been, yeah. there's been some learning curve and there's been some struggles and there's, you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, and Asa can probably attest to this as a staff, it, it's always kind of been like this. Coach Wells was, was always like this when I worked for him, but, we're not afraid to, you know, you talked about vulnerability. We're not afraid to to just back up and punt sometimes. You know, we, we'll go down a path and we think it's the right path and we think it's going to work and we spend all this time on it. And, you know, we, we started running a defensive style early in the year and we got through, uh, you know, eight or nine games playing it. And, and we just said, you know what, like we pretty much devoted 80% of our practice time up to this point doing this. But 
it's time to punt. We got to we got to back up and we got to change. We got to change the game plan a little bit. And you know, some people aren't comfortable doing that. Some people aren't vulnerable enough to admit, you know, hey, this isn't working. This was a bad idea. And uh, we're we're not like that. We're we're willing to we're willing to change what we got to change and do what we got to do and work at it. However, we have to work at it just to figure it out. And um, you know, sometimes that that stress when you've got a, a partially new staff and you've got a lot of guys that don't necessarily know whether they trust you to do that in the locker room or not. Uh, it's a little bit more blind faith, uh, especially when you've been grinding on them to do things a certain way. And all of a sudden, you know, you go to a shoot around one day before a conference game and you change, change everything. You just tell them, you know, Hey, we get an hour and we're going to, we're going to change it all. Like we're going to change everything that philosophically that we're doing on one end of the floor. Uh, and you guys got an hour to figure it out. And we're going to play tomorrow on the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, good luck. That was basically, that was basically us. And, uh, you know, our guys have been mature enough and, and strong enough to respond in a, in a positive way. So vulnerability is a word that we may not talk about a lot, but I definitely think our staff, uh, our staff is, has a, has a positive amount of vulnerability. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the last podcast too. Um, Dan, right. Yeah. Dan, we're talking about um, asking the culture piece and we talked about just the non-negotiables and also some things you have to be able to tweak and you have to be able to change. Yeah. And it's not, and that's like what you said, punning, vulnerability. I mean, removing your ego, all things that we talk about a lot. But I mean, what you just hit on, I mean, just not being able to say, I know everything and being willing to learn and change. I mean, that's, I think that's a huge part in building a culture. Yeah, it's been, it's been good for us so far. You know, we, we've got great dudes that, that are really bought in down the stretch here and seem to continue to be bought in. You know, we had a tough one this past weekend on Saturday. Uh, after after the big win against Georgetown. But, um, you know, we, we've got a group now that, that we love going to work with every day that we feel really good about. And, uh, you know, I think they really care about each other. And hopefully hopefully we continue to see results. We'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'd second that. Um, all right. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the three years at, at uh, as head coach. Let's talk about the, uh, what was it, 12 years before, uh, before you got named the head coach? I was trying to – I knew that question was going to come up, so I kind of counted it out in my head. I think this is year 14 overall. So year it 14. may have been 11 may have been eleven years as an assistant coach. I don't know. Maybe I got that wrong. But it's yeah. 14 or 15 years overall. So it's yeah. been a while. Been a well, while. so let's – you know, let's lay the landscape. I guess you come you come to Pikeville as a, as a student assistant, and I'll, I'll let you take it from there. You know, kind of took off after that. You know, let's t- tell us about that experience. Yeah, you know, I'm from Grundy, Virginia, which is which is only about an hour away, a little over an hour away from here, uh, just across the Virginia state line. And, um, you know, where I'm from, it's it's a super, super small coal mining town. Um, you know, you you have to drive. You know, Pikeville is one of the closest places you go to do something. You know, you, you came here to eat. You came here to go to Walmart. You came here to, to do different things. And there was a couple other places around that you did that, but that was just the way we grew up. You know, there we didn't have those amenities at that point in time in, in my hometown. And, um I initially went to uh, out of high school. I, I played football and basketball in, in, in high school, and uh, loved basketball. My parents had coached basketball in some capacity um, growing up. You know, whether it be AAU stuff or or on the junior varsity level, or the high school level, and uh, loved basketball more than anything. But football was was you know kind of something that that I had fell into a little bit later uh, than than basketball, and, and something I really enjoyed as well. So I went to try to do the football thing and. I went to a new program at Kentucky Christian University. They were just starting. It was their first recruiting class. We we didn't have any games. We were trying to build the, the class at that point in time. Um, and that was, you know, that was a little bit of a leap of faith for me. It was in Grayson, Kentucky, which 
being here in Pikeville, I understand now it's not that far away, but when I left Grundy to go there, it felt like it was a million miles away at that point in time. So um, that just wasn't for me. I came back home, got my associate's degree uh, at a local community college uh, back home and uh, tried to figure out what I wanted to do at that point in time. And, and I, I wanted to coach. I was able to coach our middle school and, and junior varsity teams there at home while I was back getting my associate's degree and had fell in love with coaching and thought that's what I wanted to do. And my mom was a, a PE teacher her entire professional career, and I, I never really fell in love with teaching. I never really thought that that was really what I wanted to do at the high school level. Um, so I wanted to try to coach in college, but I didn't have, you know, Richie Riley, who used to coach here, you know, talks about the three golden tickets. I didn't have any golden tickets, didn't have didn't have anything to get in, didn't know anybody that did it, uh, had no idea what to do. So um, decided to come to Pikeville, was close enough to home. It was, it was comfortable for me. Um, Got in touch with Coach Wells and just said, you know, hey, I want to I want to try to get in doing something. I know I need something on a resume at some point in time to get in. Uh, have no idea what what that needs to look like. And uh, we had a, you know, you coach the junior varsity team now. And it, it, at that time, it was nothing like what it is now. We, you know, we had a few guys that, that may have wanted to play and, and could sit at the end of the bench on the varsity team. And maybe two or three of the guys that are into the varsity bench would play and, you know, you just played a handful of games. It really, it really wasn't much. So, um, I we decided that I would try to do that way. You know, I, I would, I would be on the team. I'd be on the roster. I'd, you know, probably play in the JV games, but that would give me something to put on my resume moving forward to try to get a GA job or whatever that looked like. And at that time, um, Richie had just left that summer, and and we hired Brian Cloman, uh, Ferg, who now works with Pat Kelsey down at the College of Charleston, and. Uh, he was our full-time assistant at that point in time, and he didn't play. His dad coached at the University of Tennessee and then at Oklahoma State after that as an assistant, and, and he was a student assistant his college time at Tennessee. And we got to talking, and he was just like, man, what is your goal? Like, what are you doing this for? Um, and uh, I just said, this is what I had. I was told I needed to do. I needed to get a resume. I needed to do something. I needed to be on a team. I need to have some sort of something to get my foot in the door. And he was like, well, why don't you just coach? I said, I'd love to do that. Like this, that's never been, that's never been an option that's been thrown out to me. I, you know, this is right in the middle of conditioning. This is like, I'd love to do that. It'd be fantastic. And uh, so we talked to coach Wells and, and uh, at that time we had one full-time assistant. We had one very, very part-time position. And then uh, that was it. And coach Wells. And uh, so he, he let me start doing that as a student assistant. I was basically a manager that first year. I just, you know, I swept the floor. I did the clock. I packed the uniforms. I, I did whatever. I jumped in and went recruiting with with Ferg whenever I got an opportunity to do so. Our part-time assistant at that time was Matt Hurt, who is the um, director of operations at Coastal Carolina now and has been since he left that position here. Um, and uh, just just tried to learn how to be a coach. I didn't have any idea. You know, didn't 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 know anything about anything. And uh, got lucky enough the next year, um, Ferg moved on. Hurt moved on. We hired Brett Rector, who's now the head coach at Salem University in West Virginia, as our full-time assistant. And, uh, you know, we were in Baltimore recruiting, he and I, and, and got a call. And coach was going to give me $1,200 part-time stipend to, to, you know, be the part-time assistant while I was still finishing up school. So um, that was huge for me. That kind of, I mean, at that point in time, I felt like I'd made it and uh, was super excited. So got in as a, as a student assistant that way, finished out my, my undergrad. Um, 
with that role, you know, I, at that point in time, I'd taken over some scouting responsibilities and, you know, dabbled in recruiting. I, the JV thing started again uh, at that point in time, and, and we got it really running the way it is now at that point in time. So I did that responsibility while I was a student assistant as well. Um, and, I, and I just tried to recruit. Like, I, I recruited those JV kids, and it didn't hurt when I missed on one or two. You know, I, I got to got to get comfortable on the telephone with, with those kids. I got to get comfortable with talking to parents. I got to get comfortable – coming up with my own pitch and uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, a high stakes situation for me. So I, I felt like that helped me a ton. And um, every, I, I've just been lucky every time it was time to move on. Every time it felt like I needed to, to make more money. Every time there was a change of life, I've been lucky enough to get it here. Um, I started, they, they made a graduate assistant position uh, basically for me here after I graduated uh, I did that first semester, and and uh, I'm probably one of the few coaches that that still don't have a, a graduate degree. All the all the coaches around me are more educated than I am academically, uh, and that's okay. Uh, you know, again, going back to Richie, Richie doesn't have it. Richie didn't have it when he did it, and and, oh, wow. and Kelly always said, you know, hey, I I've never heard of a coach not getting a job because he didn't have his master's degree that they really wanted to give that job to. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's probably some validity to that. I didn't have any any interest in teaching uh, in high school or college. So I, I didn't need it to teach. I had no, no desire to take a job that, that I was going to have to teach classes to, to also make ends meet. Um, so after that happened, I was kind of, I kind of in limbo, you know, I couldn't, if I wasn't going to take classes, I couldn't do the GA thing and there wasn't another full-time position here and uh, you know, didn't know what to do. And, and uh, luckily our, our president at that time, he was a former player here and, uh, it came down to the eleventh hour. I actually interviewed at Lee. Uh, I know Nate. I know you oh, were wow. down at Lee and interviewed with Tommy Brown uh, at Lee. Frank Davis had just left. He was getting ready to leave, and Frank and I are really close and um, try to get that job. And and you know, kind of the eleventh hour, uh, our president made a second full time position here, and uh, Coach Rector moved on, and we hired another guy in Matthew Taylor that, that's the head coach here locally at Letcher Central High School, but has been an assistant at Nichols and McNeese state and, and kind of all over the place. Um, you know, Matthew came in and, and, and then they hired me as the other full time and we just split the, split the stipend pot in half and uh, just kind of went from there. So that was how I got my first full time gig here. It was just luck. I mean, total, total luck fell right into it. Uh, position that wasn't previously here opened up and, and I got it. And uh, you know, since then it's just kind of been, uh, been the same thing, just, earning my stripes to the point of being named the associate head coach. And then obviously coach Wells trusted me to, to take over the program when, uh, when he decided to step aside. So uh, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Uh, You know, met my wife when I was an undergrad here, she was a cheerleader. Um, So she's been along the ride the entire way with me. She's never known me to do anything else. This is what I've done my entire professional career. I'm 35 now. And, and um, you know, since I've been in college, this has been the only job that I've had. So I'm, I'm extremely lucky and, extremely blessed it truly it truly is amazing that it's all happened right here yeah, uh, it's worked out it's worked it's worked out and you know i, I know there's a i know there's a uh, a belief that that you, you need to move around and you need to experience different coaching styles and work for different people and that kind of thing and i, I do think there's some validity in that uh but my biggest strength here was I worked with so many great assistant coaches alongside of me while I was here that have moved on 
um, and become head coaches or, or moved up in the assistant coaching ranks. And, you know, we, we talk shop all the time. You know, that was what we did in the office. Well, this is what we're going to do when I get this job, or this is what I'm going to do when I get this job. And we just, you know, kind of spitballed ideas back and forth. And, you know, I, I you know, speaking of Brian Coleman at Charleston and uh, Matt Hurd at Coastal Carolina and, and that relationship of, of getting to know Richie when he was Kelly's assistant here and, uh, Nick Bowman and I were GAs together, who's now an assistant at Nichols State. Um, Ryan Whitaker's been a successful high school coach. Uh, Matt Bringman was uh, a Division One assistant, was a GA here when I was a full-time assistant. Uh, there's just been so many really good coaches that have come through here that have moved on to become assistants or head coaches that I feel like I've kind of got that experience in terms of, you know, just getting into other people's heads and, and seeing what other people think and, and other philosophies and that kind of thing. It just may not have been in terms of just working under those people, but uh, in terms of sharing, I mean, in today's times too, you've got, you've got YouTube, you've got everything. You've got literally a, a, a library at your disposal to learn anything about anybody and anything that they ever have done in the history of recorded history mm-hmm. uh, at any time that you want. And, and you don't necessarily have to be in the office with anybody anymore to do that and learn that. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're willing to sit down and, and kind of take advantage of those options. Um, yeah, absolutely. All those things you just said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, t- talking about all the coaches that have, that have, you know, made it come, come through here and then they moved on. Um, you know, that kind of, that speaks to how, you know, really historic this place is and, and uh, how much history there is. And that was one of the reasons I was excited about uh, having the opportunity here is because I knew that, you know, it was, it's, it's kind of a breeding ground for, uh, for a lot of coaches, a lot of players. It's, it's a really historic place when it comes to basketball. And so speaking of, his, uh, of history of historic things. Let's talk about this uh, this banner right here behind me. Um, talk about that team and, and that year, kind of what made that team special, what it was like winning the national championship in 2011. Yeah, man, it was it was wild. Um, you know, our, our school had went to the Final Four 2001, maybe, uh, 2001, 2002, excuse me. And, um, you know, they really hadn't had a ton of success at, that, at the national level since. Uh, Coach Wells had never been to the national tournament at that point in time during his tenure as a head coach. Uh, had kind of been knocking just outside the window there. and um, We ended up finishing third in the league. Uh, you know, we had Vance Cooksey, who, who was a transfer from Youngstown State, a point guard that ended up getting drafted to the D-League once he finished up here. Was a phenomenal player, uh, one of the best in the league that year. Quincy Hankins-Cole was a, a 6'8 forward that played at the University of Nebraska, was a top 50 Juco kid from Polk State uh, before he went to Nebraska and came in, was a monster for us. Trevor Setti was a sophomore that year who ended up being a top eight scorer, I think, for us all time, um, 6'8 could shoot the lights out of it. Um, Andre Thornton was a transfer from the University of Central Florida. We, we had a really talented group, uh, but it was very transfer heavy. And, and again, a lot of turnover at that point in time uh, while coach was trying to get the talent that he needed and, and trying to get the traction that he needed. Um, you know, he, he was really hammering transfers and, and just trying to trying to make a name for Pikeville. And um, St. Catharines College that's now defunct and, and, and closed, they were phenomenal that year. Um, uh, Xavier Keeling, I think was his name, kid from Indiana University, was just an absolute monster. Arthur Latham that coaches down at, at Motlow State was a monster for that that team. Irvin Johnson, um, Brandon Johnson, ton, tons of talent on that team. Georgetown won the league that year with uh, Rodney Haddix, from, that's the assistant down there at Georgetown now that was at Miami of Ohio. And um, Vic Moses was, was player of the year. Um, 
big McPherson kid from Ohio University. They they were super loaded, and uh, somehow we squeaked in. We got third in the league. Uh, we finished top twenty five, just inside the top twenty five nationally at the end of the year, and and we didn't really know how the selection process worked for sure. We were we were sweating bullets uh, at the selection show. Just just oh, wow. we didn't know we didn't know if we were in or not, you know, and uh, didn't know what to think. So at that point in time, the tournament was. Um, 32 teams, and they seeded the top 16 teams. So you had 16 seeded teams, 16 unseeded teams. Um, and we got in unseeded, um, and, and we drew the defending national champions, Oklahoma Baptist, in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we played at 9 a.m. Central Time uh, oh in goodness. Kansas City. Uh, first round, first game, opening game of the national tournament. So – our journey started literally the first game of the tournament. You know, nobody's there at 9 a.m. We had a little bit of a following, you know, family and and some people that had worked for the university for a while that was really excited about the opportunity to go. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to tell you that we knew we were going to win and that we felt really good about it. But at, at the end of the day, I don't know that we knew uh, what to expect. I don't think we had any clue, really. Um, uh, Kyle Tolan now at, at UTPB down in Texas, he was an assistant with his dad there at Oklahoma Baptist. And, they, they had uh, Kevin Swinton, who played at Wake Forest. It was an absolute monster. We just had no idea what we were going to do uh, with Big Kevin. And luckily, Big Kevin, and to our demise, Quincy Hankins Cole as well, they did not appreciate the 9 a.m. start time. So <laughs> we learned we learned very quickly that um, in that early time slot, the team that wanted to be there the most probably had the best chance of winning the game. And luckily, we were just eager enough. We – they had just come off a national championship, probably mad that they had to play that first game. Uh, and we just wanted it more. And, and I think we went out, we, we surprised people, you know, they didn't even have the, uh, they didn't even have our name. They didn't have our, our name on the scoreboard. They had some other team's name on the scoreboard like oh, to, to, to start warmups. I mean, it was kind of, kind of uh, one of those deals, you know, like it was yeah. just, it was, it was unbelievable. So um, we, we beat them. Uh, and then we, we drew Azusa Pacific out of California next. Um and they were the defending runner-up from the year before. That was who that was who Oklahoma Baptist had beat. Uh, Jeff Rudder, who now is at Arizona Christian and, and has done a phenomenal job there, was the top assistant at Azusa. And um, we came out. They they ran a very disciplined motion offense that that you know not a lot of teams in the mid south run. It's more physical and athlete driven, and uh, just kind of just line your your horses up and see who's got the fastest horses, and let's see what happens and. Somehow, again, early time slot, you know, West Coast team, mm. uh, we, we, we found our way to victory somehow, some way. And, uh, you know, at that time, I think we started to believe a little bit, you know, hey, like this is awesome. You know, it's you got to at that point, you had to win five games in six days to win the tournament. So, I mean, it's happening so fast, uh, happening so fast. You, as soon as the game ends, you start trying to scout the next game and you don't have time to really think about it. Uh, in, the, in the third round, we ended up playing Robert Morris, who was the number one team in the country at that point in time, just absolutely loaded. Uh, but they played Lee, actually. Again, we bring Lee back into it. They played Lee the, the, in the round before us, and that matchup was was a man's matchup. I mean, I, I, I can remember watching that game thinking, like, holy cow, like we, we got some really good dudes, and our league is really good, but we don't have anybody that looks like these two teams out there right now. Like, no, there's – what are we going to do? Like at that time, that was my second year. Like I didn't have a clue what we were going to do, you know, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't have a clue. Like I was leaning on coach rector and coach. Well, like I just yeah. sitting back and hoping that they, they had a better plan than me. Cause I had no idea what we were going to do. <laughs> and uh, so what we ended up doing was, was uh, 
we we had used it a little bit in the first two games, and and it wasn't wasn't something that we did at, at all uh, throughout the year. But we played a two two one back to a two three, just a basic little two three that we barely had worked on, and and you know had never really utilized, and and that's what we did. And Robert Morris just kept chucking three after three after three, and and missing and missing and missing, and and uh, upset the number one team in the country. That was their only loss of the year. They were undefeated at that point in time. Wow. Um, Drew Martin Methodist at that point in, in the semifinal game. Uh, they had James Justice, who was in the dunk contest uh, oh. that year. And and uh, forget the other little guy's name, but but they were both really small, fast, and super dynamic guards. Um, we had turned we, – we had recruited James a little bit, ended up not taking him late. So, like, he had that chip on his shoulder a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in that game as well. Uh, they got out on us big. We ended up scoring almost 70 points in the second half to beat them. Um it was phenomenal. We went on a huge run uh, and then played Mountain State there in the championship, which is from Beckley, West Virginia, which, you know, is, is relatively close to here. And at that point in time, the real story was uh, – the real story was like Kansas City had kind of adopted us. You know, the, the Kansas City Star, uh, the newspaper, uh, they have great coverage of the national tournament out there. It's a big deal to the folks in Kansas City. They really respect that tournament. And the Kansas City Star had just kept writing article after article about us and – uh, at our president or our vice, or uh, I guess he was getting ready to become our president. Governor Patton uh, at the time was our president and, and James Hurley was getting ready to take over. Um, but they really got behind us. Appalachian Wireless in our region, the, the cell phone provider uh, in our region was a huge sponsor and still is a huge sponsor for us. They got behind us and they would ship out, they shipped out boxes upon boxes of just orange Pikeville College. We were Pikeville College at the time. We changed after that year, actually. Uh, Pikeville College shirts and uh, we just handed them out to everybody anybody and everybody that wanted one like here's a here's a Pikeville shirt like we'd love you to wear it we'd love you to come cheer for us in the national tournament and uh, it worked and, and that, that place was orange like everybody wore that shirt we've we've still got people that that call me that we've kind of gotten to know through that national tournament run that that have kind of came in with us and and uh, adopted us as their favorite team at our level now but um we brought. They ended up paying, paying for charter buses. They brought like two full charter buses of people from Pikeville all the way to Kansas City. Oh. Put them up in hotels. We had. I mean, we had an unbelievable following there for the national championship, and um, barely led. I don't, I don't know that we even led until there at the very end, uh, and forced overtime. Ended up getting a win, but it was just an unbelievable feeling um, to see. Uh, you know, such a, a big place like Kansas City that we really had no connection to at all. Kind of adopt us as their their favorite son that week and get along and you'll come along for the ride with us and um, to see our guys, just their, their hard work. You know, you talk about it, every team talks about winning a championship and just to see that hard work realized uh, at the end of the year uh, was such a whirlwind. Uh, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. I wish I would have, have uh, you know, took, I wish I would have known how hard it was going to be to do it again. You know, at that point in time in my career, again, I, I really didn't know anything and hadn't been around it enough at a high level to respect like what it was that we were accomplishing. And uh, I do wish I could go back and, and take it all in a little bit more and enjoy the journey a little bit more. Uh, if we ever have that opportunity again, I, I, I promise that's going to be at the top of the list of things to do is just to, to make sure we all enjoy it the way that we should enjoy it. But um, it was a phenomenal experience, man. That, that season is one that, I mean, I could sit here and talk for five hours about everything that went on during that year and, the the twists the turns and and the the outcomes it was 
it was, uh, you know, it's hard to put into words exactly what that season meant to us as a program, uh, kind of jump-started, uh, you know, who we are now and, and what we've been. Uh, was a, it was a huge boost for our university as it continued to grow in our community and, um, you know, really, really helped put our program consistently on the map basketball-wise for sure. I, uh, I I didn't know that. That, that. that was super cool about all the traveling and the T-shirts and then Appalachian Wireless and, and stuff. Like, I, I didn't – I didn't know all that. We had a so like that's that's what. Uh, in all honesty, like one way that it's really helped our program uh, is that you know it was, uh, and you may have to edit all this part of it out, but it was it was uh, such an expense on our university just because they kind of went hog wild. You know, like they didn't want anybody to miss out on it. Yes, <laughs> it was one of those deals where like we were using the president's credit card to get rooms and just do whatever we could to to make sure that everybody got to experience it. Uh, that that's when they kind of upped our operational budgets uh, to the point to uh, include some of those expenses for travel and for such a long stay. Cause I mean, we were out there for like 10 days in Kansas city with full team and, you know, rooms aren't cheap and just in, you yeah. know, eating and all that. They upped our operational budget because they didn't want to be, uh, you know, taken aback by, by such a cost. If our, our women's team made it, if we made it, whatever happened. So they kind of started putting that in there, on the forefront um and you know if we don't use it we don't make it you know so be it they they, they save that money but they didn't want to they want to take that hit like they took that year that's that's the part of college basketball that i mean nobody even ever thinks about it, you know you you have a school who's who makes a run or something and they, they might not even they're, they're making a run they may not even have money to you know support the state that no, they, I mean, at, at, you know i mean at the small college level that's a re, that's a real that's a real thing yeah. uh i mean there's uh, you know, especially with NAI, you know, I, I think maybe they help now that they've changed the format, maybe they help reimburse uh, in some way, shape or form now. Uh, but previously, previous to the first, to the last three years, um, you know, they, they didn't reimburse at all for anything for a national tournament. They just did the one week in Kansas city and you just had to figure it out. Man. Um, wow. All right. Well, talk to us. So next year, we're uh, obviously moving from the uh, Mid-South to the uh, Appalachian Athletic Conference. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. What's going on with your mind when it comes to uh, switching conferences, having been in the Mid-South for so long? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a little bittersweet. You know, having the opportunity to talk to some of the opposing coaches uh, kind of on our farewell tour here uh, everywhere we go. Um, you know, some of the original members that, that we've uh, you know, a lot of the coaches that are head coaches now were also assistants while I've been an assistant. So we've been around each other for a really long time. And Pikeville was an original member and, and has been in it the entire time. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, it's like you get a new job, but you didn't have to take a new job. Uh, again, you know, we talked about the, the breaks and, and kind of things that I've got here. Um, you know, you do the same thing over and over and over for 14 or 15 years, the same trips, the same teams, the same staffs, the same whatever. Uh, you know, it can kind of get monotonous a little bit. And here I am, you know, getting to stay at Pikeville again and playing 13 brand new teams and traveling to all these new places and in an entirely new league. And it's like I took a new job and I didn't have to go anywhere again. So uh, it's just it's strange how that that happens. But, uh, you know, the Mid-South Conference is, is, in my opinion, the best conference in the country at our league. If it's not the best, it's certainly certainly right there in the in the top handful. And um you know, it, it's a gauntlet. It's hard. It, it, it's a mental drain. It's a physical drain. It's just tough because every every single night you're you're turning around and, and you've got an unbelievably tough opponent to play. And, um, you know, there, there are several quality programs in the AAC. I think that 
that that league does a fantastic job too. Uh, but at the end of the day, there, there's no matter what happens in the AAC, uh, you know, it's not the Mid-South Conference. And uh, for us, I, I think the travel benefits to it are, are going to be great for our program, uh, going to be great for our university, for our recruiting base. Um, the Mid-South Conference is expanding westward a little bit, uh, certainly with some of the teams that we're losing alongside of us this year. Uh, it's making a westward expansion. Um but, you know, I think there's some natural rivalries, again, for us to make up for some of the ones we're losing. You know, Bluefield University is, is a game that we've played a lot in the past. It, that's a very tough opponent, and the AAC Union uh, has ran. And I think they've won nine straight uh, AAC tournaments, so that they've, they've staked their claim to be one of the best teams in the entire country. Um, Kentucky Christian is a school that's right down the road. We just talked about a little bit where I first went to school, and uh, that's, a, that's a, a regional game that we've played several times. Um, so we're excited about, you know, kind of rekindling some of those rivalries in a conference format. Um, you know, we've watched some of those teams play this year. Um, there's some very, very high-quality teams and high-quality talent in that league as well. More than anything, I'm just excited for new challenges and new opportunities and and uh, just new, just to find something new. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, all right, well, you want to have some fun, do some rapid-fire questions to end this thing? Oh, yeah, you know, you know I like rapid-fire questions, so let's go. <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. I had it pulled up here a second ago. Um, surprisingly, I do not have them memorized entirely. All right, okay, here we go. Um, last, last technical. Last technical um, was last year. I've got one each year. Um, okay. We'll actually have the official uh, on Thursday this week, <laughs> and it, it was it was uh, screen like he he had made a terrible call. Men's college basketball only level of basketball where the reporting official goes to the opposite side of the floor. Every other level, they stay on the, the coach's side of the floor. So I had no choice but to yell across the floor. Uh, wouldn't have done it had he stayed over on my side or was willing to switch. So I continued my conversation. He wasn't very happy. Uh, quiet gym. We were playing Ohio Valley, blowout game. Uh, nothing out of line. Just I don't think he liked my, don't think he liked my procedure. Yeah. You ever been kicked out of a game? Absolutely not. No, sir. 12, 11 years, 12 years on the bench as an assistant. Coach Wells would have would have never approved of me getting a technical as an assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, never Would have never happened in that capacity. And uh, I have managed to keep it pretty much under under wraps pretty well, uh, pretty well so far through two and a half years or so. Yeah. yeah. Um, you ever done to basketball on a 10-foot rim? Uh, no. No. Uh, in eighth grade, it was about as close as I could come. Never a basketball. Could never really, like, palm it well enough to get it. Uh, but, like, there was a time where I was a good enough athlete to almost dunk it yeah. uh, and could, could maybe put a <laughs> volleyball down uh, or, or maybe, like, a deflated soccer ball or something of that nature down. But I never could never could palm the basketball well enough to – it had to be just perfect for me to have an opportunity to do that. And that was for a very short segment of my life. Like yeah. literally, literally maybe a, a six month segment as I was getting ready to go into high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Okay. Do uh, you were up three at the end of the game. Do you want to foul or let it play out? You know, I, I know it's probably, this is going to be bad for me to say, but uh, I don't know that I have a, a, a strict preference on that. I, I like to, I like to just take the situation in a little bit. I like to, to see who we're playing. I like to know how the game's going. I just, I, I, 
I don't like to, to kind of back myself into a corner and say, I'm going to do it this way every single time, no matter what. Um, coach Faulkner, our, our associate head coach, is adamant that that's what you should do. So he's always going to remind me that that's an option for us to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> coach Chris is on the fence kind of with me. I'm, I'm on the fence with it. So uh, it, it's always going to be brought up for discussion in those moments. Uh, we, we've done it. We've not done it. Um, We've never been burnt on it by not doing it. Um, knock on wood. Uh, but you know, I I don't I don't know that I have a, a stone cold preference on that. <clears throat> um, all right, uh, you leaving our best player in with two fouls in the first half? Uh, I mean, you're right there with me. You see what happens. We usually take them out. I don't. We don't always leave them out. Yeah. Uh, we we're not against putting them back in. We're not against them continuing to play. Uh, but we do try to we do try to steal a minute or two where we can uh, to maybe maybe try to get through without picking that third up if we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, go for the tie. Go for the win. Uh, when faced with that situation in the past, as a head coach, we went for the win. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been you know again the situation I think kind of kind of can change a little bit. You know whether we have. Uh, whether we have timeouts, whether we don't have timeouts, you know what the flow of the game looks like, like what the what the outlook is, is, you know is for us going into the game. Do we do we think that we're lucky to be in the position we're in? Do we think that we're underachieving a little bit and maybe can can stretch the game out and and play the way that we're capable of playing or that we thought we were capable of playing? Um, we went for the win. Not sure that I'm always going to go for the win, but uh, it, it sure is a lot more fun when you try to go for it and, and you get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's a whole lot more. All right, okay. Well, uh, this is normally where I'd ask uh, casual or professional on the sidelines. I think I, th- I think we're pretty much sticking with casual. Yeah, and we were, you know, Coach Wells is a big suit guy. He was always yeah. a suit guy. We wore suits and and shirt and ties uh, every all the time with him. You know, maybe it was a, a early afternoon game, a non conference game that we were going to win, and you know we would go a little light that day, but. For a long time, I was a suit guy. I never really loved it. Uh, don't like the don't like the financial burden that it puts on unpaid guys at times. I know there's ways of finding, you know, cheap suits and and making it work and that kind of thing. But uh, you know, I, I just never was a big fan of that. I'm I'm glad that we're casual. I'm glad everyone else. If everyone else hadn't went casual, I probably wouldn't have went casual. I'm not going to be the trendsetter in that. But now that everyone else has done it, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable being casual. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, early morning practice or evening or night practice? Um, probably an evening. I don't like late. I, I hate late at night practice. Yeah. Um, I I don't despise early morning. I just know that it's going to be dependent on your group. I just know that it's going to be hard consistently to get uh, what you need out of your team early morning. So I and, and here we're used to kind of going early afternoon. So I'm 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 more of an afternoon guy. I think. Yeah, early afternoon is 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 a perfect time to go. Yeah, the the worst to me out. is the night the late night practice. I mean, we've we've been in situations here where we've had to practice up to ten thirty or eleven at night the entire semester, and it's just it it just wears on you. It's tough. You can't really get into a rhythm at home. Um, yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard on you. Um, if you were not coaching basketball, what would you be doing? That's a good question. That's a question I ask myself all the time because I feel like I need a contingency plan if something if something goes south with this. And I'm not sure because I've, you know, I've only really had like your basic college kid odds and ends jobs other than this job. 
Um, mm. I would like to think I'm probably going to be in sales of some sort. Um, uh, my dad uh, is a successful businessman and, and has been for a long time. And um, I enjoy sales. I enjoy uh, business. I enjoy entrepreneurship and leadership and that kind of thing. So I think I think I would probably find my way into a sales position of some sort somewhere. But who knows what I would sell? Yeah. Whatever I needed to. Whatever I needed <laughs> Whatever you to. needed to. <laughs> Whatever I needed to. Oh man. Um I uh what's your handicap in golf? I uh, I don't play anymore. I used to play. I, I loved to play for a while. My dad plays a ton. My grandfather who just passed this summer played a ton. I think I think my grandfather had five hole in ones. My dad I think has had three. Oh wow. Um the and and I just I uh it, it skipped me. I, I didn't get it. Uh Really, really, I was playing almost every afternoon um, until Coach Wells, when when he had his second kidney transplant, uh, he was he was down and out for a while, and uh, he just really never felt like doing much. We were working a lot, like he never felt like getting out and going. So he was in the office, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I I never went. If he was in the office working, I was in the office working, and uh, never got out. Went, got out of the habit, and uh, you know, then got married, and and. Oh, started yeah. accumulating accumulating bills and now we're getting ready to have our first kid so um just really not not an opportunity for me i don't think to to get it going right now either i want to hang off for a while nate today in the office coach said he said i just do what i want to on the on the course he said i just i just i just hit it when i want to where i want i just i just do what i want to on the course yeah i mean that's why I, I my dad's finally at a place where he lets me do whatever i want and uh he hadn't always been there but like you know when i go with coach sid and evan yeah. Uh, like they, they get it. Like they always, they understand. Like if I, if I don't want to play that hole, like I'm not going to play that hole. Like maybe I didn't want to, <laughs> maybe like, maybe I didn't want to play it, but like now that we're up there closer to the green, like maybe I want to play it from here. Like maybe I want to play it from here. Like y'all keep your store. I'm not going to stop you from doing anything. I'm never going to hold you up, but like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm just going to play however I want to play. Y'all play however you want to play. You're going to beat me if we were playing head to head anyway. So like, it's, it doesn't really matter. Uh, like we're, we're going, to, we're, we're good. Like I can putt. I'm, I'm actually a pretty good putter. Yeah. Uh, so we go play scrambles and different things. Like I, I have a purpose. I have a role. Like I yeah. can function, I can function in a scramble setting and, and have fun and, and actually contribute a little bit that way. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred yards and in, like I can actually play a little bit too. Like, uh, but, but after, you know, if it's not around the green or it's not on the green, uh, I have no no long game. I have no fairway game. I have no. I uh, just they're very very inconsistent. Don't don't have a, a temper for it really either. So that's kind yeah. of part of the reason why I just kind of do what I want because I, I know internally like I just got to quit for a minute. I need to just stop for a minute. I need to go go do my own thing for a minute and go on with it. I think you got golf figured out. I need to take your approach. Uh, and like and, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm tired of playing by about the thirteenth hole. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the last four or five holes are misery for me. Like, I'm tired. I've already swung it like 150 times. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. wore out by hole 13 or 14. So, those last few, uh, it can go downhill quick for me. Oh, that's funny. All right. Uh, should every team make the conference tournament? Uh, I think, I think so. Uh, if, if it's feasible. I mean, I know, I know, like going to the AAC, you're going to have 14 teams. I know that's probably probably difficult to get 14 teams into a, a two or three day tournament, especially when you're talking about one site with men's and women's teams. Uh, but, you know, if you've got eight teams, 10 teams, you know, maybe even 12 teams and it's possible. Uh, I, I think so. I, I think if you're going to put so much weight on winning the conference tournament, 
and that's going to be where your automatic bids come from, then I think everybody should get an opportunity to compete for that automatic bid. Like if you put more weight on the regular season and, and what you've done in the regular season, uh, you know, can matter more and, and, and uh, is rewarded maybe a little heavier than, then maybe not. But if, if you're going to put your weight and your, your end of your bid on the, on the conference tournament winner, you got to let everybody have a chance to do it. I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. I'm going to throw, a, I'm going to throw, throw a couple in there. These are, these are, these are, these are specific for you. Um, who was the better football player, you or Coach Sid? <laughs> oh, it's not even close. Coach Sid quit football. He's a, he's not even a real football player. Yeah. Not even no. Coach Sid's got a good long snap on him. I'll be honest with you. Like he can, yeah. he's a good solid long snapper. I think that was one of the things he he took pride in when he played in high school. Uh, and he can still he can still long snap it fairly well, but. Uh, but yeah, I, that that's not that's not close. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, you can only listen to one of the two the rest of your life. Tyler Childers or Nick Jamerson? Uh, I'm gonna go Nick. Nick's my guy. Nick's my Nick. boy. Uh, Nick's my boy. He's he's phenomenal. U uh, Pike grad, great friend. Um, he's he's phenomenal. Unbelievable songwriter. Um, Nick for sure. Okay. All right. Um, okay, couple more. Do you agree or disagree with getting rid of the charge call? Well, we talked about it last night uh, at the high school game we were at. I, I don't love I don't love the off the ball blocker charge. Uh, I don't love that. I, I think I think that uh, you know Coach Yoder, who is is one works in our administrative uh, assistant is our administrative assistant as a former coach too. He, he, his stance is that he loves it because it's one of the few times he feels like the defense can find a real advantage on the offense. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know that I believe that or even think of it that deep. I just think that, uh, I just think that, that the arc, the arc is kind of supposed to do that for us, I think, uh, and take that call away. If you're grounded, help side defender in the arc, supposed to be an automatic foul if you make contact. Um, it's not consistently called, so I don't know how well the arc works. The high school basketball doesn't have the arc, so uh, I think the arc it needs to be established for everybody. Yeah, I think if you're going, I think if you're going to keep it in in play, I think everybody needs the arc, and there needs to be a, a penalty of some sort for teams trying to do that around the bucket or where it's probably most dangerous. Um, However, I, I think I think that it's probably going to be easier to get it abolished than it is to put an arc and go by the arc at every level all the time. Uh, I think just taking calls out versus making making more things for officials at all levels to do is what the direction would be if they were to move that direction one way or the other. But I, I don't love the off the ball off the ball block or charge. I, I, I think it, I mean, I think it should just be a foul or no foul. Like, I mean, uh, you know, if, if you're off the ball, you're a secondary defender and uh, somehow you get in my way and you foul me while I'm driving, it's just a foul on you. Like you fouled me as a defensive player the same way that you could have fouled me anywhere else. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be able to slide under me. You shouldn't be able to slide over. You shouldn't be able to, to do all that. Uh, certainly so at the high school level. I, I'm sorry. I just want to play. I just want to ask a question. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you disagree with help side defense? 
Oh no, I, no, I do not. No, I do not. I think you can play. So you're saying once there. you're in help side, though, you can be as aggressive or out of control as you want. Like if if you get by your primary guy, it doesn't matter. You, there's no consequences for being out of control. I'm also being devil's advocate right now. No, I, if you get past if you get past your primary defender, mm-hmm. uh, you there's a new primary defender that's going to be established. I mean, you can. I mean, there's going to have to be some adjustments. Uh, yeah. in the, there's going to have to be some adjustments to the way that, that you call it and what you consider primary and secondary and, yeah. and that kind of thing. I mean, you're going to, you're not going to be able to just take the current rule book, take one rule out of it or one thing out of it. And it makes sense mm-hmm. all the way around. Uh, you're going to have to make adjustments in what is a foul, what isn't a foul. Uh, I just think that I don't know if I, if I, if you ask me like to write down what I think is like, why it's so good to be able to do it. And then if I wrote down why I think we shouldn't do it, I think the list of why we shouldn't do it would be would be better for me, if that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know it's definitive either way, but he asked me, and my opinion is I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There I you go. like that answer. Um, all right, last one, LeBron or Jordan. I mean, I can. I mean, we can go on this thing for. I can get you going for another hour on this thing if I really wanted to right now. <laughs> I've seen you in action when we when we get you going about this question. Uh, I mean, like I, you know, I'm 35. Like I didn't. I I wasn't old enough to really like enjoy Jordan's like first run of championships and like his early career. Uh, like my earliest basketball memories are of watching that era of basketball, though. Like the second time through his three peat and you know, his final shot and his final championship and, and like the, the mid to late nineties basketball, that's probably when I really first start uh, remembering basketball and remembering like really paying attention and falling in love with it. Um, so for me, nostalgia wise, like I'll probably say Michael Jordan. Like I, I, I just go that way. I, now I've lived through LeBron's entire career, obviously. And uh, I, I don't, I don't, I think they're just so different that, like, I don't know that you can just – I don't know this definitive again. Like, I know this is like a, I need to answer it one way or the other kind of deal. But, like, I don't I don't know that it's definitive to where you just say one's better than the other. I think they're way different. I think they bring it's way different values. Right? Like, yeah, I, I don't – and, and that's, kind of, that's kind of the stance I take. Like, I mean, I, I don't I – just, I just think they're different. I don't know that you – I don't know that you can compare that. I mean, it's like my truck versus your car. Like, which one's better? Like, it depends on if you need a truck or a car. Like, I don't. It does, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. I like that. I like it doesn't make. It doesn't always make it right. Like, if you ask me which one I like better, I like Michael Jordan better. Yeah. Uh, but is he like better than LeBron James or whatever you want to say? However you want to frame it. Like, I, I don't know that I'm the man to tell you that. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, I, I just, I think. It's just an era thing. I mean, we've talked about I – mean, we were talking about Gatorade in a can today. Like, oh, Gatorade, yeah. in a, Gatorade in a can is the best Gatorade of all time. But, like, nobody <laughs> on our team's ever even heard of Gatorade in a can. So, like, they don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, most of the people that argue this argument, like, don't know nothing about it. Like, they didn't see – they didn't see one or the other. They haven't paid anything – they haven't paid any attention. So, like, it's hard to argue something you just don't know nothing about. And And – a lot of people just don't know nothing about it. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that today. Uh, well, Coach, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, where can uh, people find you on social media? 
uh, at Ty Compton on everything. I was lucky enough to get in, got a unique spelling, and yeah. and snatched up my name early so that so that if by chance somehow some way I ever accomplished anything in life, I would have it. Nobody else would have it. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about. I wouldn't have to worry about any craziness or or whatever. So uh, at Ty Compton on Instagram, which is is a little more personal for me than than anything else. Twitter is is mainly where I. I like to conduct the basketball business at, but um, you know, then we run the, the U-Pike, U-Pike men's basketball Twitter account too. Most of all of our social media stuff, I, I run, I do all of that for us, uh, all the posts, all that kind of stuff. Just I did it as an assistant. Honestly, it's just more trouble for me to think about trying to pass that along and getting all those passwords and other people and doing all that. I just assume continue to do it and then, then have to worry about doing all that and giving it to other people that are coming and going. So uh, you can find us with UPIC basketball stuff or, or me personally. We we share share business on personal pages all the time. Cool, cool. Well, uh, you can find myself on Instagram at the Ace of Spades. You can find me on Twitter at Coach Ace of Spades. You can find Nathan on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. You can find Mind of a Coach on Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Mind of a Coach. Uh, Coach Compton, appreciate you again, sir. I'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. Thanks, Coach.